you're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with some of the most passionate, hardworking, and limitless thinkers on this earth who have a story to share, a brand that inspires, or a fire inside of them to live life on their own terms. The intention behind each episode is simple. And that's to include you in these conversations so that you can learn, apply, and grow in your own life and in your business. If I can share one quick secret with you before we begin, it's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us. But perhaps somewhere along the line, someone told you to play small, to play safe, and that led you to live an ordinary life. Tuning into Visionary Life will help you dust off the limiting beliefs you carry around so that you can begin to create your own most visionary life. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. Hey, visionaries. Welcome back and happy official summer. Quick announcement up top. If you're looking to launch your online business in the coming four months, then head to KelseyRidal.com and learn more about the Visionary Method, which is my 120-day coaching experience that will help you to create, launch, and scale up the online business of your dreams. And we begin very, very soon. So if you're someone who is motivated to succeed, you have a hunger to learn and grow your knowledge of online business and marketing, and if you're friendly and coachable, you will love our visionary community. Head to KelseyRidal.com and learn more. The bell officially rings on Monday, June 29th, and you'll want to save your seat today. Today on the show, I'm chatting with my friend Stephanie Long, who is a business coach for nutritionists. She helps nutritionists to build their programs, reach more clients, and successfully launch their business. When Steph and I first connected via Instagram about a year and a half ago, we were instantly intrigued by the very similar life paths that we had both followed. I guess you could say we were kind of kindred spirits. Through getting to know one another, we discovered that we were both students of the same campus of the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition, just a mere six months apart. Both of us actually went on to become teachers at the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition, and our similarities continued to surprise us, some of them being that we both started in nutrition coaching and now do business coaching. We've both lived in the same neighborhood in Toronto and so much more. I'm so grateful that Instagram connected us and allowed us to become friends. You may recognize Steph because I've actually been a guest on her podcast, the Next Level Nutrition Biz podcast, a couple times before. It is such an amazing resource for all nutritionists looking to level up their business skills, so be sure to listen to an episode. Stephanie lives on Vancouver Island in Canada with her partner Craig and their two tabby kitties. In this episode, we're diving into the topic of how to get more visible so that you can grow your business. This is a topic that both Steph and I are very passionate about because we know how hard it can feel to put yourself out there and gain visibility, especially in the early stages of launching. I'm so thrilled that I'm able to feature Steph's story on the Visionary Life podcast. I know you're going to love the episode, so let's dive in. This episode is sponsored by No Issue. I want to share a little bit more about why I am obsessed with them. 
They make premium custom tissue paper, stickers, mailer envelopes, and so much more that are perfect for small business owners and creatives like you. Just like how Starbucks personalizes your double-shot coconut milk latte, No Issue personalizes your gift wrapping. Your logo can be printed all over your No Issue products. These type of micro-touch points are the difference between a brand that is memorable and one that you just forget, right? And it's no longer an option to do average things and expect a exceptional business, right? So use these custom touch points like custom stickers, custom wrapping paper, and send little gifts to your clients. So head to noissue.ca, so N-O-I-S-S-U-E.ca, and get started by uploading your own design or you can work with their team of creatives. And use the code VISIONARY at checkout to receive a discount on your first purchase. That's VISIONARY at checkout at noissue.ca. This episode is also sponsored by Healthy Planet. You guys know I love shopping at Healthy Planet because I can do a couple of clicks and then a box of healthy goodies arrives at my doorstep. They are truly your one-stop shop for all of your holistic needs. And lucky for us, they're offering you 10% off your entire order over $49. So use the code VISIONARY10 at checkout. That's VISIONARY10 at HealthyPlanetCanada.com. Start shopping. It's super easy, and they've got everything you need to stay healthy. So welcome back to the Visionary Life Podcast, everyone. I am here with my friend, Steph Long. We have been connected, I guess, via Instagram is how we met, probably for a little over a year now. And I truly feel like you are a kindred spirit. We have lived such parallel lives, um, kind of hitting a lot of the same milestones. And so just that power of social media to connect with people like you really warms my heart. So thank you for being on the show today, Steph. Thanks for having me, Kelsey. And I totally agree. I do feel like you and I have so many similarities. We kind of are walking that same path, which is so funny. Um, And I think I reached out to you because I was like, I feel like we're almost similar people and we need to be friends. (laughs) And I'm I'm so glad you did. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's been really fun. I've been had a chance to appear on your podcast a couple of times. And for a while I was saying, okay, next time you're in Toronto, which is where I usually record the podcast in person, um, you should get on the show. And we weren't able to make that happen. But due to the current times of COVID, it is currently May 8th already as we record this. And everything's being done virtually right now. So I've kind of shifted my model. And that gave me the nudge I needed to finally get you on the show. And I know that so many of my listeners are going to love hearing from you. So let's dive in with some rapid fire questions. What is one word you would describe your life with right now? Hmm. The first word that comes to my head is busy, but I really don't want to use that word. I'm like stopping myself, like, don't say it. Um, So I'm going to shift that and actually say growth. I'm totally in a growth phase right now um, with my business. A lot of things are launching. Kind of like you had said before we press record, you know, this time for me right now has also been um, an accelerated time. I've been doing more. I haven't really slowed down. So it feels like a lot of growth, a lot of potential. And same with my personal life. I had 
surgery in January, um, some personal changes. So everything is just in this like growth trajectory and I'm, I'm really excited and I feel like, okay, you know, I just can't wait to like see what this all brings. Mm, I love that word of growth. And for some reason, I always think of two emojis when I hear that word. I think of the rocket ship emoji (laughs) and the eagle emoji. And like, this is actually pathetic that I think in emojis these days (laughs) really need to do a social media detox. But yeah, I I just find that so inspiring that you're on um, that upward trajectory, whatever that means for you. So very, very cool. How are you continuing to cultivate a positive mindset in these uncertain times that we're in? Hmm, that's a really good one too. Um, Again, I don't know if this is a great way to explain it. I don't know if it's a good thing, but I am definitely a future thinker, maybe a visionary you could say as well. Yes. Um, Yeah, so I am kind of always thinking ahead. And I think that's really helped me here because I'm not really thinking, okay, right now, you know, maybe people aren't buying or things are slow or, you know, all of the like, what if scenarios and I'm looking long-term. So I've kind of kept my eye on the prize and I'm excited for what's to come. So I, I guess in a sense, I haven't really been present (laughs) with the time right now because I'm so focused on, on the future goals that are for myself and for my business. I think that's a trait that a lot of entrepreneurs carry with them. So thank you for sharing that. What is your favorite part about working from home? Ooh, okay. Well, number one, being able to wear yoga pants all day oh, long. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> although I wear them all the time everywhere anyway, so it's not a big difference. But definitely like being at home. I have two little kittens that I love hanging out with. Um, I just like, like being able to grab my lunch and, you know, sit on my patio. But at the same time, that could maybe possibly be a negative too, because spending too much time at home, I end up being a little bit stir crazy. The kittens are driving me crazy. And just going to a coffee shop is such a relief. But as we know right now, you can't go do that. So I'm starting to feel that cabin fever a little bit. Mm, I definitely echo that sentiment. Can't wait to get back to a coffee shop and just do my people watching while I write a (laughs) blog or, you know, it's the little things that we miss, I think. Sounds perfect. Yeah. So Steph, let's zoom the lens back a little bit. I'd love if you could just give us a snapshot of your resume over the last 10 years. So what did you go to school for? What types of jobs have you worked? And then take us through to the business you have today. Yeah. Awesome. This is a great question. Um, I will try to keep it as succinct as I can because I am a storyteller. I love to ramble. So I will, again, just try to keep it really specific. But I do want to rewind back. Actually, I'm going to take you a little bit further than 10 years, more like 14-ish years back when I was in university. I went to university for theater um, and it wasn't specific for acting. I did a lot of like set design. Um, I did a lot of like theater theory and things like that, but I also did a lot of acting classes and I wanted to highlight that because this is going to, um, this is going to really inform what we're going to be talking about later, all about visibility, because this was my first opportunity to be really visible and I didn't like it. (laughs) I wasn't really good at it. It gave me a lot of anxiety. So after graduating, 
you know, I tried doing theater for a little while, um, more in the design aspect. Um, but as people know, you know, arts and culture, you know, it's not necessarily a money making area to be in, uh, depending what you're doing. And I had just gotten out of university, wasn't making any money and thought, you know what, I should really switch gears. So I had always had an administrative background, um, done a lot of administrative jobs. So that was kind of where I naturally went after university. And I enjoyed it. I really like, you know, crunching numbers, doing spreadsheets, doing computer work. But I started having a lot of health issues pop up. I think because of this, I think because working in an office with the fluorescent lights, um, I did a lot of front desk work. So all of the people and their energy, it was just very draining to me. Mm -hmm. And because I had so many health issues, um, specifically migraines, that's something I've dealt with for a really long time. I started thinking, you know, what else could this be? Like, is this the food I'm eating? And I really started digging into nutrition. So I became that friend that was telling everyone, you know, what you should be eating, what you should be trying. And people were really loving it. They were like, wow, you're so knowledgeable. You really love food. But I had that kind of imposter syndrome that, you know, I can't just tell people what to eat and what to do without having any background in this. And that's what actually drove me to go to school for holistic nutrition. So I went to Canadian School of Natural Nutrition back in 2013, um, started my career as a holistic nutritionist. And I actually did one-on-one -on -one consulting. I had moved to Edmonton um, at this time and started a one-on-one -on -one consulting nutrition business. But part of my story with that is that it took me a really long time to get my business going. Like a year of like blood, sweat, and tears, watching all the webinars, following all the people online, trying all the all the ideas without really following through on them. And I really struggled for that first year. But then fast forward another year, I started doing more workshops, seeing more clients, having a thriving nutrition business because I was getting referrals. Um, and I went so far to actually open a co-working space in Ed Edmonton with some of my um, colleagues. And then what ended up happening is my partner and I decided to move to Victoria, BC, the beautiful West Coast of Canada. And I became kind of in this like, I had to pivot basically. Did I continue wanting to do my nutrition business? Or what I didn't mention is at the same time, I had also been teaching at CSNN, um, helping students start their business because I became so passionate that like nobody should go through what I had to go through. So I started teaching and then I started mentoring students. And then it, all of a sudden I was doing this nutrition business and doing a business consulting business at the same time. And when we moved, and that pivot opportunity came up for me. I decided to actually pivot completely from doing nutrition and working with clients to actually supporting nutritionists to start their business um, and create their program. So that is what I do full time now since 2017. Um, I absolutely love it, but it's kind of funny when you really think about like all those steps that got me to where I am today. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is, that resonates so much with me. Like you know, you can kind of look at your business today and some people would say, oh, it must have been what you came out of the womb you're here to do. Like yeah. you just knew you were going to have a nutrition consulting business, Steph. But it's like, 
No, there were many, many challenges and a whole bunch of different paths that you walked uh, in order to get to where you are today. So the journey is really never linear. And I kind of was chuckling when you were saying earlier in your story that you became that friend that just started (laughs) talking about what you were passionate about. And I just think that that is such an interesting characteristic that has probably really helped you to find the success you've had today because so often when I'm talking with clients of mine, they're keeping their hobbies and their passions a secret, right? And they're just kind of maybe studying a course or they're enrolling in a new certification, but they're afraid to tell people about it, maybe for worry that they might fail or they may not complete it. But I think what you did really well in that situation was you did tell people what you were interested in and you did start sharing what you were passionate about. And that is truly what I think is one of the best ways to find some early success in your business is to get other people excited based on the wins that you've had making a change. And organically, that that turns into a business sometimes. So I just wanted to pull that nugget out because I think that that's something Thing that a lot of people avoid doing for fear of talking about themselves or self-promoting. But when you're passionate about something, like you have to start doing that and rallying energy around what it is that lights you up. So, mm, anyway. so well said. Yeah, <laughs> I totally relate to that because I think that's just my personality, to be honest. Like, I think I was just a chatterbox since I was, you know, five years old. So I think that is part of my personality, but that doesn't mean that the confidence has always been there to share. I think it is something that grows when you do have that passion for that thing. Um, But like you said, it might be behind the scenes. It's like, how do we bring that out into the public for everyone to see it? Exactly. So I know that the reason why I really wanted to chat with you today is the topic of visibility, something that you talk a lot about with your audience. And I know you have a really exciting challenge coming up around it. So let's start with the obvious here. Why is getting visible an important consideration for entrepreneurs and for business owners? Like, do we have to be visible in our business? Mm, Such a good question. Well, I think you kind of already touched on it a little bit that, you know, some of us are, you know, creating and putting so much energy in and like making this potential product or business behind the scenes. But if we're not sharing it and being visible with it and sharing might not be necessarily jumping on Facebook live right now and doing an hour live, you know, telling everyone about your business, it could be just as much as showing a behind the scenes, like Instagram story, or just talking about Um, just using like audio to talk things out on screen. Maybe you're not showing your face yet. It's just some kind of component where you're sharing because again, if it's all behind the scenes, people aren't in on it. They don't, they're not excited about it. They don't know what it is. And sometimes a lot of us will wait to become visible once our thing is ready and we're ready to launch. But a lot of people really like to be on board with the process of creation and seeing you, you know, in the process of something so they can cheerlead you and they feel like they've also been there through the creation phase. So when you go to launch something, it's not, okay, here I am, I'm ready. They've already kind of been in on the secret the whole time. So I think getting visible is not just about you. It's also about your audience. Oh my gosh, that's so good. And 
I love what you said about not waiting until your product or service is perfect to become visible because you're right. Like with the state of marketing right now, we want to see the behind the scenes. We want to know the story behind the brand, right? And that comes with bringing people along that journey even if it means showing, you know, the messy creation phase or the time you got a rejection email or a little hiccup in your tech, whatever it is, because I I think that that makes people feel connected to you. Would you agree Mm -hmm. with that? Oh, absolutely. I think it's so relatable, right? I think I remember when I was a nutritionist feeling like I needed to be perfect and portray myself as, you know, oh yes, I'm always eating the a smoothie yeah. for breakfast, <laughs> having like the most perfect meals. Like I never mess up. And that's what I thought people wanted from me. But what I really found out is when I said, you know, oh, you're, you've experienced that. You know what? I have to like, you know, I'm not always perfect. They're like, wow, that's so nice to hear because it brings you down to the human level and it makes things feel achievable to that person. And I think that's what we're trying to do here with business too, is like, show that it's possible, especially with what you're talking about. Everybody can be a visionary. Everybody can be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Um, if they have the right qualities, it's like, we just need to nurture that. And the more we play behind the scenes or play small and not share that with people, um, the more we're really missing out, I think. Mm, So true. And I know that we've kind of chatted about, you know, maybe starting to get visible online, but for somebody who maybe has more of an offline business, could visibility even mean like telling your neighbor about what you do or like just getting outside and meeting people in the grocery line? Yes, totally. That is like a really good way to do that because you're right. Like online visibility, it's kind of a no brainer, like having a website without your photo, you know, that's kind of a no, no, right? Like we really want to be visible online, but in person you can really play behind your, like behind the scenes or stay behind your brand, right? You don't need to be the face, but I think you're totally right. Like saying to someone in line, like, let's say you do sell like a food product and someone's grabbed something in their grocery cart. You'd be like, Oh, that's great. I have a food company too. And this is what I do. And just like start talking it up and remembering that it's not necessarily your being egotistical to talk about yourself in that way. What I like to really say is like, remove yourself from the equation and have it be about that person and be in service to them. So by you saying something in the grocery line or at a store or to a neighbor, you're actually empowering them to maybe use that information to benefit themselves or to pass it on to someone else that might need it. Exactly. And it really brings me back to a time when I worked for a company and I was representing their brand. And in that situation, I felt like I had no problem telling people, hey, you should add this protein powder to your smoothie. But then as soon as I launched my own business, I felt like I wasn't allowed to talk about it. Kind of like you said, like I just felt like, you know, it almost felt like self-promotion. But I feel like for anyone listening, you probably tell people about things you love all the time and you have no problem giving visibility to the products and services that you really enjoy. But I definitely think there is that mindset shift that needs to happen when it comes to getting visible in your own business. It just, it feels harder and it feels like self-promotion. So it's definitely just a block that we have to work through, right? Mm -hmm. That is so true. I think it's funny because if we 
like we're a plumber or we were an electrician or something maybe more practical, if someone had a problem, we'd be like, oh, I could help you out with that. Yeah. That's my skill. That's my trade. But because a lot of the time we have like a service-based business or a product-based business, we don't necessarily feel like we want to be like, I can help you with that. Because like you said, we don't want to come off that we're so self-promotional. But at the end of the day, if that thing is going to solve a problem for someone, then we we should. We're required to actually put ourselves out there. Um, you know, who's missing out on what you can give to them by us kind of playing small or staying behind the scenes? Yeah. And so obviously with the shift of the last six weeks or so, uh, we're experiencing the kind of isolation period of COVID-19. So with this shift to more online and virtual marketing efforts right now, I'm wondering what have been some of your favorite ways to get visible given the circumstances right now? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess for me personally, like my business hasn't changed too much because I was 100% online already. Like I do mostly everything online. So I still feel like I can show up and share, you know, in an online capacity in the same way. So for me personally, that's doing Facebook lives in my Facebook group every Friday, um, going on Instagram stories. And my kind of rule is, I mean, Kelsey, you're amazing at being visible. Like you are really the visibility queen here. So (laughs) I'm preaching to the choir, but, but honestly, like for me personally, I kind of go more on when I feel like passionate to jump on and say something. Mm -hmm. So my consistency might not be there a hundred percent, but I try to go on when I feel really compelled to share something. Um, So Instagram stories or even just the, I have a podcast as well. So kind of in a sense, what has kept me going through this are things that, um, I guess are already scheduled in to be perfectly honest, like the Facebook live Fridays or doing my podcast every Wednesday, those things have to happen. So they keep me kind of visible. That being said, when all of this COVID stuff started, I had a lot of trouble getting online and talking about it because I didn't actually know what to say. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be a leader, but I just didn't know how. So I did kind of pull back. So I do understand how it can be scary when maybe you're not 100% confident about something. Like, how do you actually get out there and talk about it and share when you're not sure about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I kind of want to go back to what you said about doing your Facebook lives every Friday. And uh, we have, you have, sorry, a weekly podcast that launches, um, did you say every Sunday? Uh, every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Okay. So, why do you have those on reoccurring consistencies? Like, is that to keep you accountable? Why not just leave it to chance and do a Facebook Live when you want to do a Facebook Live? Ooh, good question. Um, be, well, number one, I know myself enough to know that I won't actually do the thing. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, so I need to schedule things like that in. Number one, for me to be accountable, but number two, for consistency on the um, audience's end, for them to know that you can expect me to show up on these days at these times, or the podcast will be released every week. It creates more consistency and trust there. So they know that, you know, they can rely on you and that reliable information is going to be coming out on these dates at these times. Mm. Honestly, I think that one of the common barriers to visibility is simply in a lack of scheduling, right? Because for people who 
aren't as visible as they know they want to be in their business, it's likely because they're leaving their visibility to chance. So I think that's such an important thing, like that you have held yourself accountable. Like maybe you've missed one, I don't know, or maybe you haven't, but just saying every Friday, I am going to show up. And when I wake up in the morning, I know this is my day to get on video because otherwise you might wake up on a Friday and just say like, screw it. Today's not the day, but you've committed to yourself and you're just not leaving it to chance. Mm -hmm. And I think the most important thing here is, yes, I totally have missed a Friday. Um, But the (laughs) the most important thing I think is not missing the next Friday or not kind of giving yourself that like, you know what, I haven't shown up, I haven't been visible. I see this all the time, like, especially with nutritionists who want to share health information and want to help other people, maybe they're on a roll being consistent for a week, a month, you know, half a year, and then something happens, they lose steam, or maybe they have a personal issue come up and they have to pull back. They don't know how to re-engage again and be visible again. And I think the most important thing here is just do it, just jump back on you know, the horse start again. Nobody's really watching us as much as we think they are. Like we, I think we, you know, we see ourselves under this microscope that everybody's looking at every single move we make. And I just don't think it's true. So if visibility, if you're being stopped from being visible right now, because you feel like it's been so long since you've shown your face or you've jumped online, don't worry. Nobody is really watching that closely and they will just be happy to see you when you show up. It's so true. I think we can get so stirred up in our own heads thinking like, well, it's been inconsistent and will people judge me if I jump back on? But the truth is like nobody is tracking the days that you show up on social. Like there might be one person who I don't know if they have too much time on their hands, but someone like checking the last date you posted, for example. But at the end of the day, like that's just a story you're telling yourself in your head. So the best way to bust through that is just to show up, like do that post, get visible. And it's funny, usually when you show up, when you have to kind of push yourself, you'll get a little piece of feedback or a nudge from the universe that like, oh, somebody enjoyed that or somebody benefited from that content. And that gives you the fuel to come back the next week and the next week. So just getting that that first video or that first post up is usually the best launching pad for getting back in the swing of things. Now, you mentioned you do live videos every single Friday. Um, I feel like a lot of the listeners are like, oh my gosh, live video is so intimidating. (laughs) But they know that now more than ever, it is an important part of showing up for your business and sharing with your community what you're all about and kind of what your beliefs are. So I'm wondering, do you have any techniques for crushing a live video? Like what's your strategy here? Mm, Okay. I want to rewind back quickly to when I said earlier in university, I went to school for theater and yeah, I, I just feel like I have to share this to be very vulnerable that, um, you know, even though I have that as my background, you know, when I had to do a monologue um, in my acting class, it didn't come natural to me. I would actually stay up until like 3 a.m. the night before. I would record myself doing it to see how I was how I was acting and if I should change things. And I would be mortified at what I saw because I was like, I am not a good actress. <laughs> Let's be real here. I don't feel good at this. And I had a lot of self-judgment 
And I would actually cry myself to sleep. Like I, I was in a really bad state with being visible in that way. And that could have probably scared me for life and had me saying, you know what, I'm never getting on a stage again. I don't want to be in front of people. I don't feel good at this, but I just kept cultivating that. I kept showing up to the next acting class and trying again. And, you know, the skill just kind of kept getting better. And I just kept getting more comfortable, maybe not 100% comfortable, maybe not 80%, but more than 50% comfortable, which kept pushing me to keep going. So I would say the number one kind of skill that I have cultivated for live video is just to continue doing it. And just to really understand, you know, um, how can I show up differently next time? Or how could I improve? Or, you know, are people liking a long video? Or do they prefer a short video? And really, um, I guess, testing things out, and then tweaking as you go. And that could also be you polling your audience, maybe beforehand, um, or after a video and saying, like, what length of videos do you like? What kind of content do you like me sharing? Because I think if you have some tools in your pocket to know like what resonates with people most, then you'll feel more co confident if you can show up and just deliver that versus feeling like you have to get on live video and just talk for two or three hours. Yeah, I think that's actually a really good point is that it's so much easier to get visible when you know that the audience is enjoying the content or the medium that you're choosing. So instead of just guessing and assuming you have to be on all platforms, for example, like you said, pull your audience and see, do they prefer popping you in their earbuds as they're going on a run or washing the dishes? Or do they love sitting down at the end of the day and catching YouTube videos or catching Facebook lives, right? Like you're going to have to to have some trial and error here to see where it's most effective for you to get visible for your community. So I think that's a really, really good tip. Um, mm -hmm. So kind of staying on that live video topic, would you suggest to people, because I know that, again, it intimidates people to press record and go live. Do you like script out everything you're going to say? Because obviously with your background in theater, you had a monologue to memorize, right? So yes, mm -hmm. it's intimidating, but you would know exactly what you needed to say when you stepped on stage. So do you do that for live videos or do you just kind of freewheel it and like whatever comes to mind you say, or are you somewhere in between? Um, it depends the topic, to be perfectly honest. So I guess number one is one thing that does make me feel more comfortable going on video is knowing what I'm going to talk about. So I think like that's one recommendation is like getting really clear on the topic or theme you're going to share. But then depending where you're at knowledge wise or how comfortable you are with that topic, if you feel best to write down, I wouldn't personally say a script because I don't think people really relate to scripted. So I don't think yeah. you have to write down like, hi, my name's Stephanie. Today I'm going to talk about like, you don't have to go into that much detail, but I think a skeleton is always a good idea. So maybe if you're going to talk about um, how to get in the kitchen and meal prep and plan um, in under half an hour, have like three or five points that you want to cover. And you don't have to have like overwhelming points. Like it doesn't have to be this whole long laundry list. Like remember that smaller pieces of information, tangible pieces of information are always going to land more with people. So, you know, having a shorter video, that's maybe 20 or 30 minutes where you cover one topic and then maybe you do a part two the week later or a few days later. But I think again, having a skeleton, if that makes you feel best, 
go for that. I do that sometimes for a video or for a podcast. If it's more of like a training or a masterclass or something that I really need to hit a few points. But if I'm just, if I'm really confident about a topic or it's a more casual conversation, personally, I'm not really a scripted person. I just even like for today, you did send me a few questions, but I'm like, nope, let's just go for it. I'd rather whatever is supposed to come out, come out. And sometimes that can be great because so many new nuggets come out. And sometimes that can bite you in the butt a bit if you're, if you're rambling and you're not staying on topic. So I think it just depends on your personality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so true. You have to tune in and kind of know what makes you thrive in that situation. And if that is reading a script for the first few times, like try that out. But if you watch it back and you're like, whoa, like you can see your eyes just like reading line by line. Okay. Maybe not the most personable strategy, but hey, you do what you got to do in the early phases, right? (laughs) Yeah. I don't think there's really any rules to be honest. Like I see, you know, it's not like you have to buy a teleprompter and like follow it a hundred percent. Um, or you have to throw scripts out the window again. I think it's just like, like just exactly what you said, like test it out and know how you work best. And then if you felt really uncomfortable going kind of by the seat of your pants, have a script next time again, do what works best for you. Love it. So Steph, I actually didn't know you had a theater background. So now I'm getting all sorts of questions. Like, did you (laughs) learn anything in theater school about delivering a memorable monologue or any tips on like showing up confidently or I don't know, just any golden Easter eggs that you learned in theater school that might be really relevant to somebody who is trying to get more visible right now? Mm. Yeah. Um, I feel like I put a lot of that out of my head. I don't know why, if it was like traumatizing or something, (laughs) because like I said, I, I, it really did give me a lot of anxiety and I did end up shifting more into doing design because, um, yeah, I just found out it really wasn't for me. Um, so I can't really think back necessarily to something like a teacher said, obviously we want to be like confident in, in our voice, making sure we're projecting properly. Um, like having that captivating energy, um, this could maybe help you in like, uh, interview versus maybe a solo episode, but like really playing off your guests, like listening and absorbing what they're saying and then responding. Cause I think so many of us are waiting you know, and thinking what we want to say, and then it's not really a conversation. So I think if you're doing like a Facebook live with a guest, you know, really listen and change or pivot the direction if you want to go somewhere new with depending on something they say. But um, I think it really just is having that presence while you're on video or on stage. Um, But then again, I would say personally, just what I know now uh, of how I do video and how I feel best is kind of having a little bit of a game plan. So going in and being really clear, like what is the topic you're going to teach or speak about? Um, So kind of giving like a headline or, you know, a way to pull them in and make them feel like, okay, this is what they're going to, what's going to be covered, or this is the topic. You could give a little brief understanding of here are the, you know, three things we're going to talk about on today's Facebook live or on today's podcast. And then you're going to go into the content. And one way to really engage people while you're doing a live or you're doing um, a podcast, well, maybe not a podcast because there's no engagement there, but um, when you're just doing a live, you know, really asking questions, really talking to the audience, making it conversational, conversational, remembering 
like I said earlier, pull yourself out of the scenario and deliver what they need and ask them questions to engage because that's why they're tuning in. They want it to be about them as much as it is about you. So asking questions and then at the end, once you've delivered the content, you can even wrap it up and give a recap of here's all the things you've learned and then a call to action for the next thing you want them to do. Maybe that's to take step one with what they learned. Maybe it's to book a call with you whatever it is, you're kind of like wrapping up the whole conversation or the live in a bow and you're giving them directions for what to do. Such good tips. Yeah. Love that. And I think I need to go re-listen to that and take some notes. Um, The other thing that came to mind to me too, I don't know who I learned this from, but somebody was telling me that in order to feel more confident in a Facebook Live or on Instagram, it's good to get into what they called a power stance. I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but I think that could be as simple as standing versus sitting down, but then also kind of like posturing yourself, like instead of being slouched into the couch to deliver a 30 minute Facebook live, like stand up and like ground your feet on the floor and roll your shoulders back. And like you said, project your voice rather than feeling like a total slob who is laying in bed, right? Like there's a time and place to film a story in bed, but at the same time, um, I think that posturing yourself can definitely just boost your confidence. It's like you're teaching right at CSNN we stand probably for the most part um, Mm -hmm. because that almost like makes you feel a little bit more strength in your body so I just wanted Mm -hmm. to kind of add that in that's a great that's a great tip I think um, yeah if it's like at a standing desk and you're doing your live there or maybe you're in your kitchen right just like that interactiveness I think engages people as well because it's not just like a static image it's giving them something to look at or follow along with Um, And then the other side note that I wanted to share is I actually have a mini trampoline in my office. Um, So sometimes I'll just jump on it for like a minute or two to like get my energy like up to the max. Um, And then just like to get me excited, because like you said, I'm probably sitting at my desk for the last hour or two in more of like that slouched over just getting work done mode. But then when you go live, it does have to have a different energy to engage people and inspire people. So you getting your energy up is important, too. So, so true. And I totally want to go buy myself a mini trampoline now, (laughs) but my husband might kill me. (laughs) It's fun. Um, Before we wrap this up, I want to ask you a question. Are you currently working to up-level your visibility in any area of your business? That could be using a certain platform or just speaking on a new topic. What's top of mind for you in terms of growing your visibility? Mm, Yeah, I think every day I'm trying to grow my visibility or remember that it's important. So I think just like me showing up for my audience um, as consistent as I can is like, okay, I feel like I've done my due diligence. I feel good about this. And that kind of gives me that steam to keep going and to keep doing that. Now, in terms of how I'm growing my visibility, um, well, I guess this is one way I um, am starting a membership. So instead of, you know, focusing all my attention on one-on-one coaching or doing group programs, I'm starting a membership. But with that comes a lot of fears as well, because you are being put in front of a bigger, wider, larger audience. um, And then that makes you more visible, definitely. So 
I'm not really sure if I have an answer to how that's going to look, but I know right now going through it, it's a way that I'm kind of propelling myself to be more visible in front of more people. And to be honest, it makes me nervous and excited and I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to try it because that's kind of been my number one way to grow my business is to just try things out without knowing the answer, without knowing how, and just seeing how it's going to pan out. And I would say, 90% of the time it does, you just as the business owner have to tweak and make the changes as you go um, and refine that idea versus waiting till it's perfect and then putting it out. Like we said earlier, you know, it's really jumping on the ideas when they come and rolling with them. Oh, that is literally the thing that I think is just most important in growing a business. Like you said, like you don't know how this membership is going to go. You've never done it before. But one thing that separates you from a lot of people is that you're willing to try. You're willing to be scared. You're willing to like explore your potential. And yeah, it's freaking scary to launch something new and not know, you know, who's going to join in that. But kudos to you for just saying, what's the worst that can happen, right? You launch it and only a couple people join. Well, it's going to grow eventually. And I just think that that is the missing link, right? Is people just trying and maybe failing, but you'll always get back up and you'll always learn from it. So that's really, really inspiring. Um, I know you have a visibility challenge coming up, which is so relevant. Um, Can you tell the listeners a little bit more about what that is and when it starts? Yeah, absolutely. So it's one thing that I know, you know, a lot of people struggle with, especially my audience. They've always said, you know, how do I get on video? How do I get in front of clients or my audience? So I just thought it was really timely um, to bring that out right now as we're kind of more in this like introverted mode being home. um, You know, how can I still show up for my audience and be visible in the best way possible? So what I've done is, um, from May 18th to 20th in my Facebook group, which is called Next Level Nutrition Biz. Um, And if you're not a nutritionist, but you just want to join for the challenge, feel free to come into the group and just let me know you want to join for the challenge. That's totally fine. And what I'm going to do is run everybody through like three days of really, number one, breaking down what it is that you feel, you know, if not 100% confident, but you know, you feel educated on or you feel excited about or you feel passionate about and maybe a little bit of confidence there to share with your audience what is that thing and let's break it down and and you know create a like we said earlier a script or a skeleton to actually have you then deliver it um, to your audience and you know maybe that's on facebook live or maybe it's an instagram story or like i said earlier maybe it's just you with a plate of food and you're just talking right that's a type of visibility as well So really getting you to actually practice this. And then number three is like, how do you actually make a plan for visibility to move forward for the future? So if you want to join live, you're more than welcome. Or if you're listening to this recording after, you can always still jump into the Facebook group um, and you'll see the recordings if you just search visibility challenge. So exciting. And I will definitely plug that in our show notes as well. So Steph, if people want to learn more about you, about your services, obviously they can join the challenge, but where else is the best place for them to connect with you? Yeah. So like I said, my Facebook group, Next Level Nutrition Biz, um, you can also follow me on Instagram. I'm just stephanielong.ca or I also have a podcast called the Next Level Nutrition Biz podcast and I'd love for you guys to listen.
Amazing. All those will be linked in the show notes. And thank you so much for sharing all your tips and your amazing backstory. It is always nice to connect with a fellow visionary. And I could probably talk to you all day, but we'll wrap it up here for now. And hopefully you'll come back on the podcast at some point. So thanks, Steph. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis, so if you could help me out by rating and reviewing this show on your iTunes app, I would be so grateful. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories. Just make sure to tag me at Kelsey Riddle. If you're feeling stuck, uninspired, stagnant, bored, or confused in what your next step should be, it's time to take action. Please reach out because I would love to connect with you. I'll catch you in the next step.